Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 96 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. How are you all doing, man? Thank you all for tuning in. It's, uh, oh, it's been a hectic few, few weeks, isn't it? I had to do a bonus podcast, not this Sunday, just gone, the Sunday before that. And man, it's been hectic. And you guys have been amazing, basically. Um, thank you very much for your reaction to my first bit of new music in, a few years now, but I've been busy. No, no whimpers. That's on YouTube now. If you want to check that out, youtube.com slash Scroobius Pip, go check it. But the reaction to that was absolutely amazing. You guys are awesome. And it was, was fun to do. I told, I explained this in the, in the bonus podcast, but it's basically, I did a similar track a few, a few years back called No Nimbus, where I heard a song. I had an idea for a lyric to go over that song. I wrote the lyric, recorded the lyric had it kind of produced and mixed and mastered had a video idea organized the video shot the video edited the video and put the video up all in in seven days so i first started writing the lyrics seven days before you lot all got to see it and it kind of it caused some problems it didn't cause problems but people like um amy who who runs the um speech development a, a record social media i forgot to mention it to her because it happened so quick sage francis and b dolan you know all some of my closest f- friends and work partners i forgot to mention it to any of them so everyone kind of woke up going all oh, right there's new music from pip that was completely unexpected and, and no one warned us um so yes yeah, sorry guys but that was kind of, of the nature of it on to this week's podcast i've got kathy burke which is fantastic news um I should mention, I've, I mentioned the label in that there, speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's that's our um, our label. So go to speechdevelopmentrecords.com to get Distraction Pieces podcast merch. You can support, you can become part of Team 3W by getting one of the, t- the Team 3W t-shirts or mugs. And there's also tons of good stuff on there. There's there's beautiful, um, there's DVDs, there's t-shirts, there's, there's, eight, there's barbecue aprons, goddammit. And soon there will be the new speech development cap, which is is featured in 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 the No Wimpers video. I've got a lot of love and hype on that, so that's good. That's that's on its way. It's almost ready. Yeah, let's get into this podcast. Is there anything else I wanted to mention? I'm sure there was was something else I felt I had to say. Then, oh yeah, there's a brand new a Tuesday Night Jaw out. So Tuesday Night Jaw is is our wrestling podcast on on the Distraction Pieces Network, hosted by Jim Smallman, and a new one dropped. Last night, on Tuesday night, ironically, um, as you can can guess from the name. So go and check that out. Um, I'd recommend you quickly click to start that downloading now. So by the time you finish this, you've got that. Again, the support for that has, has, has been amazing. Considering Jim is is new to that kind of... He's been doing his own podcast on and off for a while, but he's new to our network at the very least. And the podcast is brand new. Considering the first episode put us straight at number two... It, it was the number two podcast in in the iTunes sports podcast chart. So it's mental and you guys are amazing. So yeah, ch- check that out. Kathy Burke. Another thing I think you should check out, I mentioned this in the podcast, but as she was on Adam Buxton's podcast recently and it was absolutely fantastic. And the reason I say you should 100% check it out is because we tried not to go over the same stuff here. So um, there's some really interesting stories on there of her relationship with with Gary Oldman throughout her career, the love-hate, annoyance-type relationships. And there's some hilarious stories and some beautiful moments there. So 
check, check that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was an amazing chat. It's the first time we've met. We'd had chatted on Twitter for a bit and, 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 and got on and enjoyed each other. So it was a great one to set up and I got to go and visit Kathy at home. And she was the most welcoming and open and friendly person. And genuine, again, I, I don't end up saying this at the time, but it's people like Kathy, Ed Scrying on the other week and a few others that I just, I'm learning so much from as a new, as a new actor, as, as, as a new person in the acting world. I'm learning so much from even in these brief conversations. So yeah, absolute honor and pleasure to chat to Kathy. Um, I'm going to let the podcast play out now. At the end, I'm going to tell you some really exciting stuff about upcoming guests. And there's one in particular that I really want to tell you a bit about. Um, so I'll do that at the end because it's exciting and I don't want to distract from this. So this is episode 96 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Kathy Burke. And just, just Are you just all right? The dishwasher in. going? Yeah, it's fine. I put that on me just specially. Well, <laughs> I completely. Oh, I'm just. I'm in my own world, really. That's good. You've you've allowed me. You in, set up into all your this home, sound equipment, so... and then I put the dishwasher on. No, it's perfect. It gives it gives a nice tone and atmosphere, yes. doesn't it? It's sound design for the podcast. Yes. Although someone, uh, when I did Adams, yeah, someone tweeted. Um, Right, so you were talking about the acoustics. You were either in the conservatory or the kitchen. I'm assuming so that you could smoke. Perfect. (laughs) I was like, yes, to both. You know, you're absolutely right. That's great. Well, I mean, I'll introduce now. I'm joined by Kathy Burke today, and 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 you mentioned you did Adams, and that was was great. Did you enjoy enjoy your experience? Was was that your first podcast? That was my very first podcast with Adam Buxton, and uh, I did actually. Because I've met him a couple of times, yeah, and it was just nice to have a sort of free and easy chat. It's a nice format, man. Just that openness and just not having that pressure of it being a promo thing or anything else. It's just yeah. a genuine conversation. Yeah. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I think your exact words when I got here was that his his setup was sh- shit compared to mine. But <laughs> I, I don't know. If that's the exact <laughs> words, but you know, still, I'm sure it was nice. Well, <laughs> is, yeah, his is a little bit more like um, he was more like the teenage version of. I've got uh, too much kit. Your, your kit much is stuff, extraordinary, particularly in this weather. Just lugging it about in the heat. Yeah, it's just yeah. not It's not wise. But um, yeah, I mean, it's good <coughs> that we started off mentioning Adam's podcast because obviously we don't want to go over too much of the same stuff. I'm sure some things. I will, but yeah. I do want to recommend that people go and, and listen to that because it's right. podcast great anyway. So, um, so yeah, we kind of arranged this over over Twitter, mm. and that was all nice. We've been going back and forth a bit on it. Was tw- is Twitter the first kind of social media that's lured you in? Yeah, and, w- and what yeah. and what lured you in? What what, um, what was the appeal? Well, I don't know really. I don't know what it was. I've been so sort of against it. Yeah. Um, I was against it for reasons that were quite valid, really, in that my friends that were into it suddenly stopped ringing or texting me. Right, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I was getting really angry Yeah. because, you know, um, I've got a lot of pals that are on it, and I understand it now that when you're first on it, it can be quite addictive. Yeah, you yeah know? it really can. But I sort of was getting the ump because I'd text a mate and say... 
Am I seeing you this weekend? What's going on? And then I wouldn't hear from them. Yeah. And and then you did that they're responding to people they don't fucking know on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, hang on a minute, you've, you've got my number. Why aren't you it's, ringing it's, or texting me? It's a scary world to have too much information. Like yeah. someone's not responded, but you can check that they have done this. Or oh, they that. didn't. I was spying on them all yeah, the time. I was, I was always looking good. it up and going, oh, I know they're up. Yeah. Because they're on fucking Twitter. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so anyway. <laughs> So I was always a bit pissed off, but it was really for that reason and yeah. that reason alone. And um, I, I sort of thought it was great, uh, just from an outsider's point of view, um, just for like the world, really. Yeah. Um, people that suddenly didn't have a voice could suddenly have a voice. Completely, and particularly from like a media and news point of view, so much Absolutely. news can come through uncontrolled and unfiltered, and Absolutely. it can be be worrying because it can be inaccurate because people are reporting stuff and retweeting stuff but still that that pure public and free voice is exciting yeah very much so and i wasn't i wasn't sort of i was never interested in facebook yeah um because facebook is the worst for losing friends to like in that they'll start a group or something or an event oh and okay you, you'll just if you're not on facebook yeah. It's like as if you don't exist. It's like, how oh, did you well, not there know? Was, there was a great, there was a, a big time, period of time where I just wasn't being invited to parties yeah. and stuff. And because I thought, they posted about it. They've posted, you yeah, must know. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, I don't know, you yeah. know. And um, so that was always a little bit frustrating. Yeah. But anyway, it was my, my, one of my best friends is um, a great woman called Frances Barber. Right. And, um, and Frankie... Um, started Twitter about I think it was about four or five yeah. years ago now yeah. maybe, and um, and it sort of worried me a few times because she was you know she was getting a lot of abuse actually, and um, and that's uh, the bits you notice as well you notice yeah, the abuse rather than the yeah, pleasantries exactly and and I was sort of frightened for her a lot of the time right. Um, but anyway, and she sort of reassured me and said, oh, no, 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 there are enough people on there that are good people, yeah. that are, have got my back, you know, yeah. and they're looking out for me and all this business. Anyway, to cut a long story short, Frank was here one night last year and I was, I was really, really low. I was really... Right. I'd been very depressed and, um, you know, even funny people like myself are prone to depression, yeah. you know. We're not yeah, all jolly all the time. 100%. And most of the time I've got the ump, you know. Yeah. And most of the time <laughs> I'm depressed, you yeah. know. And um, and last year I was in a particularly bad way. And um, anyway, and Frank came round, um, and an old friend of mine, Kitty Finer, um, had um, released a new video. Yeah. And, um, and her mum, Marcia, um, uh, texted me and said, um, this is... Kit's new video and all the rest of it. Not asking me to do anything. Yeah, just, yeah, just it sharing it. So, and I had never, ever asked any of my friends to tweet anything. Because yeah. I was so anti it, yeah, I thought, well, yeah, I can't yeah, be yeah. a hypocrite. And I yeah, can't ask yeah, them there. You can't but would go, you mind? It's terrible, but why are you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so anyway, so I said to Frank, oh, would you tweet Kit's yeah. video for me? And Frankie just said, well, why don't you do it? It's just, great response. She said, just... Go on it and do it, you know. <laughs> so I thought, oh, sod it. All right, yeah. then. And um, 
Anyway, I woke up the next day and I had 600 notifications and I didn't know what was going on yeah. and I didn't know how to switch it you off. You have to learn to turn all that stuff and, off quite quick. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, what's happened? And yeah. um, so anyway, my, my, my next response was somebody said, oh, my God, I can't believe you're on Twitter. So I just put up, oh, shit, I thought it was Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, so then, and, and people don't know it's really you to start with. Yes, yeah. I know there'd been a couple of people pretending to be me, right. like in the early days, you know. Um, and is there that weird thing of not wanting to go out over the top in proving it's you, but still well, exactly. kind of annoying? It fucking is me. So like, I don't think it's you. It's, well, I don't care, but yes. I kind of do care. If you don't yeah, yeah, it really is. But anyway, I was just sort of, I, I, you know, listen, I was lucky because. Because when you're a sort of well-known person, yeah, um, I don't know. I just think, I just think things like this are sort of easier somehow, you know. Yeah. Um, because you get people. Yeah, listen. I had people being horrible to me and whatever. I'm old enough, thank God, and ugly enough not to fucking give a shit yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, I've been called all sorts from dot and yeah, yeah. some twat. You know, in the back arse of somewhere who's, on his computer. Whose picture's an egg. Exactly. Yeah. Telling me on this, that and the other ain't going to have no effect on me whatsoever. Yeah. So that was all that side of it was fine. And I learnt quite quickly, oh, you just ignore it, you know. Yeah. And, um, but it was, it was sort of working out, but who do I follow? <laughs> like, yeah. It was really more that. It was like, well... Where are my kindred spirits? Yeah. I don't know who the like-minded are. And yeah. I'm not just going to follow famous people. Yeah. Because I think half of them are wankers. I'm yeah. not really... And they think I'm a wanker. <laughs> so it's like, well, why, why would I do that? You know. But then slowly but surely, obviously, you, you suss it out. You get and to you, know it and get to understand the and landscape. Once, yeah. And once I understood the thing about retweeting. Yeah. And once I understood, really, don't grab it and quote it. And go, oh, I like this. Yeah. And then, because then I thought, oh, no, then you get all the tweets. They don't retweet the thing you're yeah, yeah, saying, yeah, I like yeah, this. Yeah. So then I learnt, just retweet, yeah. just retweet. And and then once I realised, oh, I don't know who this person is, this Ken Shabby, but I keep on retweeting him, so I better follow him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I better sort of... And- it's nicely organic in that yeah. way, is even the people you're... F- Follow will keep retweeting someone, and you'll start to be all right. Well, exactly. I should give them a follow yeah, and take that. Yeah, in. so it's taken me a while, but I'm slowly sort of um, just, just you know, it's like when you like, it's like you glean someone's personality, and yeah, you know, you don't know who the hell they are a lot yeah. of the time, you know. But um, there's a guy you must know, Andy Dawson, who does um, get in the sea. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, so it's a brilliant profile. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And Andy's just he's just started doing a podcast with Bob Mortimer. Oh, amazing! Called Atletico Mints. I right. think it's called. Anyway, but Andy, um, he's just brilliant, and yeah. he's like a bulldog from Sunderland, and yeah. he just I just love his morals and what I noticed about him is that because it's mainly women that get abuse on Twitter and yeah, things yeah. you know it's always people brutally a, as well like it, it gets dark and really, really dark, horrific really horrible but and, and until you stumble upon it as a male you don't kind of comprehend or take exactly. in how how brutal and harsh it can yeah. be yeah and then people like Andy and this other guy Nick Pettig 
oh, I can never say his name. Nick, oh, oh anyway, Nick, he knows who Nick he is. But, um, <laughs> but they would, um, they would come in and defend, you know, yeah. or they would tell people to fuck off, you know, yeah, and, yeah. um, and that was wonderful, really. And I sort of felt like, like I didn't even know this bloke, Andy, and yet within six weeks, it felt like, I felt like, oh, there's my Twitter brother. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how I felt about him. It's like, oh, my goodness, this is like having your brother on Twitter, you know, that's just there and being brilliant and really funny and really outrageous, but has got a great moral compass. Yeah, and it, it, it can genuinely be a great, and it's not always, as all of these things, they're not always used in that way but they can be great for meeting people and meeting kindred spirits and kindred yeah. thinkers that you wouldn't have been able to meet otherwise that are distant and are and you can question that there's a worrying element that it may stop you seeking engagement or interaction in real life because mm. you've got this kind of online world but I think if it's balanced right it's a beautiful babe, thing babe I'm 51 I don't fucking yeah. go out anyway exactly. I've been out for, for 10 years it's a good, it, it works know. perfectly then doesn't <laughs> exactly, it exactly you know and, and actually, it, within the year, a lot of these people are like, I do consider them now friends, yeah. you know, and we have all met up, and yeah. we have all been out for a drink. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, that's great. You know, there was a big gang of us, um, Andy had his book launch for the Getting the Sea book. Yeah. And a gang of us met up. I, I haven't been in a pub intentionally, right, you know, I go to a pub if I'm on my way to the theatre yeah, somewhere, yeah, 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 yeah. but I haven't actually had a night in a pub for like 10 years, yeah. because I don't go into pubs yeah. anymore. And, you know, it was just sort of fantastic. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and another friend of mine said to me recently, they said, but it's so strange because you've become friends with these people so quickly. But I said, but it's no different to doing an acting gig. Because when yeah, you do an acting gig, in. absolutely. You could work with people for four weeks and they're your friends for life. Yeah. Or you, you never see them again, yeah. you know. But you get, you're just used to getting close to people yeah. very, very quickly. Yeah. You know when you when you're doing when you're in this business. Yeah. You know, and you 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 learn how to get along with people very, very quickly. Completely. You know, and I mean not to over. I mean it feels like this is now just a big advert for for Twitter and social media, but but not to overhype the impact. But when you are someone that's susceptible to things like. A, de- a depression now I have a lot of insomnia and social media can be a godsend in those situations because just being able to, to post a picture on Instagram and have a quick chat with someone you yeah. don't know just have someone some kind of interaction yeah it can really take the pressure off and take you outside of your own head exactly a little bit which is yeah. a really a huge benefit I absolutely think without a doubt it has helped me this past year yeah it really has because it infuriates me <clears throat> A lot, you know, yeah. but it without fail, it has made me cry with laughter every day. Yeah, yeah. there are so many funny people out there, yeah. they are so sharp, yeah, you know, and so quick. I mean, I can't think that quickly, they're so on it. Instant as soon as the subject comes yeah. out, it's like bloody hell, these people, they're so they're just so smart, yeah. you know. Um. So it's, it's kind of nice as well, I think, and uh, particularly, I mean, I was excited when you uh, appeared on, on Twitter s- suddenly because you are someone that kind of, um, and we'll get on to th- a theatre, we definitely have to talk about because oh, you promised do. your yeah, followers yeah, we will, yeah. but because you kind of stepped away from acting and, and the screen a lot and, and went yeah. in, into theatre, 
it, it was nice. Um, I think social media is a great way to be able to let people know the real you a bit more. And and, and when I joined, I was adamant on that because a lot of my early songs in particular were quite, came across as quite highbrow and intelligent. And there's elements of that, but I'm not as clever as they all thought. Mm. So it's, it's kind of nice to kind of be able Likewise. to go, look, 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 this is the real me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. kind of, if people are going to hate me, I'd rather they know me and hate me. Do you know what I mean? They hate exactly. the real me than this fictional version of me that's, that they've created. That is so true. It's like, you're fine to hate me. Yeah. That's fine. That's humans. We don't all get on. We're not and all going to click. we're all multi-layered, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, I get people like, some people, you know, because I've been pissed on there a couple of times, yeah, which yeah. I really like, actually. Yeah, I love being pissed. It's, it's usually fun. my question time's on because I don't watch question yeah. time anymore. So I like that they're all ranting and raging Twitter about... Twitter comes alive during oh, question time, brilliant. doesn't it? So I just call everyone a... I said I wouldn't swear on this one. Swe- but I mean, everyone knows, encouraged. Everyone knows <laughs> what I call people. Yeah. And I just like getting involved in the argy-bargy. But because I've done that a couple of times, yeah. people assume that I'm pissed every night. Right. <laughs> now, if they look back on if they can be arsed... Yeah. Really, I probably get pissed like once every three weeks, you yeah. know. And um, but people think, "Oh, are you drunk again?" The amount of tweets I've had, "Oh, you had a drink again?" If I'm expressing something, yeah. And one bloke got on me, oh, whoever it was. It's usually a bloke. Sorry, men. Yeah. You are beautiful, <laughs> but sometimes you can fuck right. Absolute off. nightmares. And um, I was tweeting something. I was sort of pissed off about something, and this bloke just went, "Oh, are you pissed again? Are you on the juice again?" And I just went, fuck off, I'm stoned, twat. If anyone who really knows me knows, I don't really actually drink that much. I'm not a juice head, as someone called me the other day. I had to Google it, because I didn't know know what that meant. I thought, oh, do they know I'm a vegetarian? (laughs) And and actually it was like, no, calling me a piss head. But it's like, well, no, I'm not a piss head, I'm a stoner. I love that you have to check to see if it's an insult or a compliment. Hang on, hang on, am I happy with you or angry with you? I have to Google so much. Because I really don't know what half of the vernacular is. Um, Like all the LMAO. Yeah, there's loads. I didn't know what any of that meant, you know? So I would Google it or I'd just text my friend Anthony Cotton. (laughs) Very soon you'll start to use it ironically and then it will just become part of your lexicon and it will be killer because you will will lull at things. (laughs) I I never thought I'd lull, but now (laughs) now I keep lulling. It's it's painful. Well, I was doing that right at the start, all the lulls and... You know, whatever, because I just thought, oh, that's that's what you do, isn't it? (laughs) That's how they communicate. That's how these people communicate. I didn't even know what I was saying. You know, (laughs) that's beautiful. So, uh, the last part on on social media, um, it must be nice to come into it and kind of see again, like we've spoken about swearing. And for me, swearing is an important part of language. It can be a beautiful part of language. Can be a beautiful part of expression. Yeah. Lenny Bruce and all sorts of other people have illustrated amazingly how powerful it can be and if we mm. demonise it. But the beauty of things like Twitter is that it is uncensored and yeah. people can get offended, but they're allowed to be offended just as much as you're allowed to cause offence if you so choose. Absolutely. Which is and people can unfollow you, you yeah. know? Like, people knew right away, it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not here to be polite. Yeah. I'm not here to keep my mouth shut. I've been told to keep my mouth shut since yeah. I could speak. I ain't keeping my fucking mouth shut yeah. for no one. If you don't like what I'm saying, 
you could just unfollow me the, or block me the, or you the, know. the most polite I am on there is when I'm explaining that you can unfollow because that is a genuine yeah. thing. It's like I don't want to be a dick, but that's so true. It's subscription. If you yeah. if you if you are walking past my house and you hear me swearing in conversation, you can't really knock on the door and go. Can you not swear, please? Yes. Oh, what is You're walking past my fucking house. And so one would assume didn't need to listen. <laughs> that, that kids aren't on it, yeah. you know, and if yeah, kids yeah, yeah. are on it that are under 16 or whatever, then that's their parents' fault yeah. that they're on it or they're whoever their guardians are. And they're gonna, there's worse things they're going to find on the internet than someone having a rant and a swear. Oh, I guarantee my God. It. Yeah, horrendous things, you know. Um, yeah. But... So, so let's talk, as, as you tweeted, promising you'd talk about... A theatre, which, again, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting one because you're so known for a lot of your acting performances in drama and in comedy, and, and we'll get on to s- some of that. from 20 years ago That's now. what I was going to say, from 20 years ago. Yeah. And ju- it's that weird thing of when you disappear from the screen, you disappear from a certain s- r- range of people's yes. knowledge and existence. But the fact is, your last 10, 20 years have been some of your most successful and I'd imagine most rewarding years yes. in, in theatre. So so what was the draw to theatre? Like initially, like were you into it when you were younger or Yeah, no, not not too young. Um uh, you know, sort of this was all I went to the Anna Share Theatre Workshop yep. place and Just um, when and, and Neil Maskell, he, Neil Maskell he went as well went and spoke there. of when we did the podcast That's together. That's right, yeah. but he's younger than me, yeah. Neil, yeah. you see, so or, I didn't know Neil I mean, then. he said at the time, like, one of the things... He knew that Kathy Burke went there and, and things like that. And, right. you know, there was this... It had that... It had some people who it had that kind of yeah. respect and, and Well, I went over. there because Phil Daniels went yeah. there and yeah. Pauline Quirk went there. Yeah. You know, when I was... I think Pauline Quirk's actually very underrated, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's not a mate of mine. I'm not using this yeah. to big her up, you know what I mean? Um, um, but, uh, you know, when I was a, a young girl watching television... Um, Pauline was in brilliant things. She was yeah. in Play for Today's and she had her own kids' programme, you know, yeah. Pauline's Quirks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was just sort of fantastic. And um, the variation. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, she, she was a real hero of mine when I was young, along with people like Glenda Jackson and yeah. Irene Handel and, yeah, yeah. you know, all these fantastic women. And, um, you know, and Pauline Quirk was, was in there. And, um, and there was a point that she was as big as as you can get, like like when, with the birds of a feather type phase, and that, that yeah. was people. But she I went know, through some um, quite. Uh, uh, um, what's the word? You know, there wasn't much happening before birds of a feather. Yeah. You know, I think there was a thing where you know she was very used a lot when she was young. Yeah, and then she did. A, there was it used to be a great program on called Angels, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which was about nurses. And then it just seemed to all go quiet for her, you know. I mean, the bollock of this business is you go in and out of fashion, you know. Yeah, and I mean, particularly for... And I think you kind of touched upon it with Adam, I think, but particularly for women in... In, in acting, there's there's a point where all the roles become the same, essentially. Yeah. You get to this certain point where it's like, right, there's only one kind of role that you can play. And it's weird, because when you get that bit older, it kind of opens up again a bit because yes. there's, there's more variation or depth in character at well, least. But there's right. that middle point where it's just, here's all you can be. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've done a couple of acting jobs in recent years. Yeah. And it's really because I like being older. I'm, I like now being 50. Yeah. And I like, um, um, you know, I've played, a, you know, um, 
couple of characters, you know, that are sort of old, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and interesting yeah. and three-dimensional because now they've got age as another layer, you see. Yeah, there's more in and it so than just being the love interest or the... Fr- exactly. or the, These other just typical easy roles. And I hated like, being the love interest. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. I yeah. just didn't like it at all. But I think I talked about that on that. See, I didn't listen to the one Adam did. And he, he, so he, he, he edits them in. and keeps them in and out. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But, um... No, I mean, it's strange because, um, you know, I went on the Tube last year for the first time in 20 years. Yeah, oh, wow. Um, and I realised I stopped going on the Tube because of getting recognised. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, especially in the height of things with the Harry Enfield show. And Well, that was the thing. The Harry Enfield show, really, are looking back since then, obviously things like the Fast Show and Little Britain, but the Harry Enfield show was one of the first that really had strong catchphrases. So yes. that's the worst for getting recognised, I'd imagine, because you'll have certain things that people will, oh, in absolutely. a loving and endearing way, but yes. will repeat over to you again and absolutely. again. Absolutely, and it could do you nothing. Yeah. You know, it did my nothing. The boys handled it a lot better than me, yeah. Harry and Paul, you know, yeah. but it used to drive me crazy. And I think... See, with me, I'm such a snooty bitch, really, (laughs) because also another actress that I greatly admired when I was growing up was Alison Steadman. Right. And the thing I found so genius about Alison Steadman was that you didn't know what she looked like. Right. You know, she played Beverly, and then she was in Nuts in May, and and it was like, but hang on a minute, this can't be the same same woman, you know? And it... I think because back then, this is in the late seventies, you know, there wasn't all the interviews that go on, and I, I think actors could be more anonymous. But such a rare privilege to get to be that as well, because again, in general, I think people these days strive to be that recognisable actor because it, 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 I guess it can seen as you're more marketable or you're more yeah. this that. But to be able to be no, I I want to be that character. Yeah, that's, that's that's amazing. That's admirable. Yeah. And, and so I, I always sort of thought this thing of, I, I see with me, I never really, I didn't want to be famous, yeah. you know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that really. Yeah. Um. I, I found it a bit sort of, it, it sort of got in the way. It just yeah. got in the way, you know. And um, and this might be to do with my own ego or whatever, but but it was just that thing of, oh flip now. You know, it's all it, like when I got the award at Cannes for Neil by Mouth, yeah. that was such a sort of double edged sword, really. Because, you know, on the one hand, it was wonderful, and I, I, I can, I genuinely, hand on heart, was more pleased for the film than I was for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, because for me, it sort of was the beginning of things fucking up a bit for me. Right. You know, because suddenly, like you say, you're. You're a commodity, you yeah. know. Yeah, you, you, you're not just being cast as this character. You're being cast as Kathy Burke can can award yeah, winner, exactly, so on and so forth. And 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 it just didn't sit easy with me, right? You know, um, and it was. I mean, it was literally within a couple of years that I I stopped. I think the last sort of proper acting job I did was a film with Shane Meadows, actually. And, um... A Once Upon a Time in, in the Midlands. Yes, it that one? Yeah. yeah. And, Great um, stuff. I love uh, Shane as well. Well, I never, I never saw it. Uh, that was a bit of a bummer, actually, because when I met 
Shane because I was a massive fan, yeah. like everyone was at that time, and and even more so now. Yeah, <clears throat> with the brilliance of This Is England, yeah. and um, you know, and I met Shane, and um, and it was Paddy Constantine was meant to be in the movie, and yeah. um, and that was it, and then all these sort of new Nottingham people and yeah. all the rest of it. And I just thought, great, I'll just go in and do a bit with this guy because I think he's brilliant. But then everything changed. I think Paddy got a big American film, like his first big break. Right. It was a film with Jim Sheridan. Yeah. And um, so Paddy was no longer on Midlands. And so Reese Siffins came onto it. And yeah. I adore Reese. Mm-hmm. I adore Reese literally more than anybody in the world. Yeah. But I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, not again, because we'd already worked together. Right, right. And I just thought, oh, crumbs. And then Ricky Tomlinson, who I'm also a big fan of, but I suddenly like. Anyway, and I. This I, isn't I, what I thought it was going to be. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I, I said to Shane, I had another meeting with Shane. I said, look, I'm really worried. I said, because suddenly we're all sort of well known. Right. And this isn't the way Because that you was the work. excitement of Paddy at the time, where of he'd course. come through out of nowhere and done these amazing performances. I mean, and my, then, yeah. My God. And then since then, like Vicky McClure and, yeah. and like you say, beautiful Stephen Graham, yeah. you know. And it was, you know, and I was just a bit, oh, but I think Shane, you know, he, he like he said to me, look, you're all people I want to work with, so why why can I not work with you? you yeah, you know, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, I get that, I get that. But I think it was a money. I think the producers were a bit on his back, you know, yeah, to put to some get, names. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, I've never seen it, but I know that it was sort of his least successful film, and I, and I think there's a real lesson. It's good though. There. I really enjoyed it. Did just you? so you know, just oh, well, <laughs> just, well, just that's out, nice to know. out of interest, it's, it's still very good. <laughs> but yeah, it is interesting because I guess it's that typical thing in 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 this industry where Shane's skill and the love that Shane got coming up was picking people who you hadn't seen. And getting this gold out of them. And then, bizarrely, the industry will tend to go, that's amazing, right, now do something with people we do all know. And yeah. all like, well, that's, not what, that's not what I do. That's not yeah. what I do best. But it's that, yeah. It seems afterwards they kind of allowed him to do the same again, as you said, with This Is England and things like that, I where know. he seemed to pluck people out. And, and I know. Yeah. I could have always said no, I suppose, looking back, but... I really wanted to. I wanted to work with him. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And and so did Ricky, and so did Reese. You know yeah. what I mean? And but I just sort of felt, oh, this doesn't. And, and Robert Collar was in it, of course. He yeah, was the big of course, name, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. of course. <gasps> Can't forget him. You know. Um, oh, but it was and that was just, when he was proper at his peak as oh, well. Oh my really Yeah, yeah, names. he was fantastic. Yeah. And 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 that was great because I'd never worked with with Robert. So mm. so that was sort of lovely. Um, you know, but it was just, and Shirley Henderson, you know, but it was just a bit. Uh, anyway, I, I sort of thought then, because going back, anyway, I'd always loved theatre and yeah. I'd always sort of been really interested in directing theatre more yeah. more than acting in theatre. And, um, you know, and I did a play, a Jonathan Harvey play, and. Um, and then there was another play came along, and I couldn't do this other play, whatever it was, because I had commitments as an actor. Yeah. And I just thought, mm, all these acting 
commitments I've now got, which seem to be non-stop, you yeah. know, like I've got two years' worth of work lined up, which is great. And yeah. that's lovely way, to be in demand. Oh, it's my lovely God. To, and this is how you should feel as an actor. Yeah. Like, at last, do you know what I mean? I'm getting the work and all the rest of it. But I wasn't happy, you know? Yeah. And it sounds so selfish, but I just wasn't happy. It's a really... A, a weird one to try and deal with when mm. you're in a situation that you know so many people would kill to be in exactly. but it's not satisfying you it's not what you wanted it to be or it's not how you wanted it to be and that's a tough thing to come to terms with and because yeah. there is there's not only that you're not happy with it there's also the guilt of not being happy with it because exactly. really you should be over the moon because yeah. you've won this award and you're doing these films but you're kind of I, felt, right. I did feel really guilty actually yeah. But anyway, I had a meet up with my agent, Stephen, and I just said, look, I just want to, I just don't want to accept any acting work for the next year, two years, because I want to focus on theatre directing. And and the acting work is now getting in the way, you know, of me directing theatre. And and I thought it would be a couple of years, and and I thought that I would get the, I'd itch to be acting again, you know. Um, but it never happened, and it's, I... It's very t- telling, isn't it? When you, you know, you said, you yeah. think, I need a break from it to come back, but then if you find the rewarding nature that you weren't finding, if you find that in something else, then that's a tough one to to go, right, I'll go back to acting now. It's like, well, if you're finding all that from directing, from theatre yeah. directing, then... Yeah. yeah, I just get a real kick out of it. It's so hard to explain. It's hard to talk about anything, I think, to do with acting or directing... Or any, you know, without... It just sounds so wanky and it sounds so (laughs) indulgent, you know. But I don't care. I love this business, you know. I love being a part of it, you know. And um, I just like the old-fashioned storytelling, you know. And um, and it's a great way for people to empathise with other human beings and I'm all for that, you know. And um, and I I just love it. And and people have often said to me, oh, oh, you like the control. It must be the control you like. And I used to find that a bit insulting, mm. you know, and because th- it is a sort of negative thing. Oh, yeah. oh you just want to control everything. Yeah, yeah, but actually, yeah, I fucking do, yeah. you know, because I want to choose the people that are in the room that I'm going to have to work with because I've had to work with some right tossers yeah. and some right arseholes and bullies and twats. And hopefully, with me being in charge... Yeah. Um, the only arsehole and twat in the room is me. Yeah, and, you know? and, and, and the fact is you're not in charge by accident. You've put work in to get to the point to be the person in charge. So, yeah. again, that shouldn't be anything that you should be ashamed of, that you no, like that control. No, um, Equally, I think that that area or the appeal of that kind of control um, can also be because it's all on your shoulders then. If it fails, you can't blame it on someone else. You can't say, like, well... They change the actors at the last minute yeah. and things like that. Do you know what I mean? You, it's kind yeah. of right. No, if it fails, it's your own fault. But also, if it succeeds, you get that real sense of achievement of yes, I fucking put that together. And there's tons of other cogs and people that that made it work, but I bloody grabbed that and and, yeah. and, and created it as such. I think the people I've got more respect for than anyone else really are writers. You see, yeah. and um, I just think. All sorts of writers, you know, from novelists to playwrights to people that write articles now for the Daily Mash yeah. for Twitter, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I just think writers are great. You know, I've written a few things myself, yeah. but not as much as I would like to because it's hard. It yeah. is so hard. And um, um, it, it's, you know, it could be so um, lonely and yeah. frustrating and whatever. So, you know, I just like, I, I, I always feel that I'm there as a director to serve the writer. I was going to say, when, when working um, or when directing contemporary pieces, is, is, is there a lot of, of interaction with the writer and a lot of respect and back and forth in the process or is it very much you kind of take take their their work and and and, and make it your own or make it or well bring it's it been to a life? bit of both actually over the years because it's a, it's it, it's genuinely as soon as people were saying you need to talk about a, a theatre more it highlighted how little i kind of know of the process of mm. like like directing a film you kind of know what happens there yeah and directing a tv or whatever else you kind of know that there's a guy and there's cameras there's this and that it's like there's not cameras in the theater there's and so yeah so what is the process in the back and forth and in the turning it from something on paper to something on on, on stage yeah well the process i don't know i mean everyone's different everyone yeah. works in different ways yeah so, you know, all, for me, a lot of it is about preparation. Yeah. You know, I'm very... I sort of pride myself on my casting. Um, I've got it wrong. If anything's ever gone wrong with a production that I've directed, it is absolutely my fault, yeah. without right. a doubt. Yeah. You know, the buck stops was with me. If things go right, it's to do with the writer and the actors, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, And that's not false modesty... That's the fucking truth of it, yeah. you know. And um, but I just, I, I don't know. It's sort of, I just sort of throw myself in. People will be surprised. I think you were talking earlier about lovely Stephen Graham, yeah. and he loves improvising. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate improvising. Right. I hate improvisation. I don't like. Imp- I don't do any rehearsal where let's just improv around the script. I'm like some writer has spent two years on his own writing some dialogue. Learn the fucking dialogue. Learn it. And if you can't get the grips of it, we'll yeah. cut the lines. Yeah. But I'm not going to have you fucking improvising you, you yeah. arse off and yeah. showing off. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm not yeah, into no, that. that. You know, amazing. I find it a waste of time. Yeah. Really. I don't chuck beanbags around. I don't do <laughs> trust games. Yeah. You know, I'm not into that. It's all about just getting the right people together in the room, hopefully. Mm. And getting the, the right script, I'd imagine. Yeah, getting exactly. The, that, that if, if you've got that to, to, to start with, then the rest... I don't know, if you've got a script that excites you, not that the rest will be easy, but the work of the rest will be exciting, because it's like, right, we're getting to bring this to life. Yes. And getting to, to put it's, this all if, together. If I could see it and feel it... Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had a bit of a, you know, a, a dry period. You know, I haven't directed a play for two years now. Yeah. The last play I directed was at the Tricycle two years ago. And it's it's really because I haven't found a play that's, right. you know, made me go, oh, God, this is, I, I want to do this. You know, I would love to do this, you know. This is, in a period like that, does it motivate you or make you start to think of writing something again to kind of if, if you're not if you're not finding that play that you want to put on is yeah. there any kind of urge to go well i best I'd, I'd best write the play that i want to put on you know yeah it's funny though not so much theater i mean it's so strange i have done a bit of writing but i i do it's the only time i ever feel lonely funny enough right. with writing i find it very difficult you yeah. know and um you know, I've only ever written one play, which I wrote, like, in the last century. 
And but I wrote a play because I wanted to direct a play. Yeah. And um, I only wanted to direct my own work back then. Yeah. Because I was experimenting. Yeah. So I didn't want to fuck up someone else's work with yeah, me having sense. a little experiment, yeah. whether I can direct or not. So I wrote this play purely so that I could see if I could direct. You That's know? great. And then you also don't have the pressure of embarrassing yourself of not knowing something or how something works when when working with a writer. Yes. it's like, well, I'm the writer, I'm the... If there's anything I don't know, I'll figure it out and no one will know yes. that I didn't know it. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's like we can just get away with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's 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 what I did. Also I did it because even though I wasn't in it, I wanted to sort of show that I had a brain in my head that there was something else to me other than the parts I was getting as an yeah. actor. And I think I talked about this on Adam's podcast and that sort of worked. Yeah, you know? It, 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 it touched on it. You were saying it made people kind of go, oh, right. Yeah. There's, there's some stuff going on here. And even um, it was uh, Ray Winston was in it. Uh, yeah, Ray. Uh, right. And initially he was like, I'm not interested. And then. Yeah, he wasn't interested because he wasn't he interested. He kind of said, just, just read it. Because <laughs> there was no money. There's no right, money yeah. in it, you know. And, uh, and that's another thing that people misunderstand, I think. Um, you know, there is no money in theatre. There's mm. sort of money in musicals. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, in one very specific area of theatre that's yeah. so marketable, and even more so now in musicals, if there's something that you can t- 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 tag it onto, whether it be a band's back catalogue or yes. a, a, a reworking of a film or anything else, or a musical film, it's even, I'd, I'd imagine, if there's a musical on at the tricycle. There's not tons of money in it. No. It's, it's only if it's this, yeah, in, yeah. These, in these grand exactly. situations. Exactly. And even then that's hard, you yeah. know, getting the money. And it's all a big risk, you yeah. know. So really, you don't do it for any other reason than the love, you know, yeah. or experience, Yeah, you know, for a lot of people. A lot of people I know come out and they're doing acting and stuff and they're doing a lot of theatre work, but they're just desperate to get into TV and film, Yeah, you know. And and theatre is like the step up. That's where you learn your craft, you yeah. know. Um, it's the, I mean, from my point of view, it's the, it feels like the the proper one as well, theatre, or the scarier, the pressure. Um, I had, had, had Michael Soccer on last week from This Is England um, and from Aliens and, and, and Being Human, and he's about to do his first play in a long while, since oh, he yeah. was a kid. And he was saying how scary it is, because the fact is... When you're working in TV and film for so long, it becomes kind of a safety net because you've got takes and retakes and retakes, mm. and you've got so much space and time around a script and a room t- to manoeuvre. That he was like, as soon as, as we stopped recording the podcast, all he was talking about was like, "I'm petrified. I'm so, I'm, I'm yeah. so scared because oh. the pressure's there to just get up there and do it. Yeah. Obviously, you prepare it, but the, yeah, the pressure there that it's not. Oh, can we do that again? Just keep rolling. Let's, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. Like, no, it just. And also, into it. the problem with theatre is that if it's bad, it's it's really bad. Right. And it can put people off for life, you know? Yeah. Um, and the audience is, is right there. You can't say, like, with... With once upon a time in the Midlands, I've, I've not, I've, I've never watched it. I didn't, in, I wasn't yeah. quite into the experience at the time. I've never watched it. It's like, no, the cr- the crowd are there directly at that time. Yeah. So you have, you, do you know what I mean? You're living that if it's not going well. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so strange. I mean, I wish I didn't love it so much. Yeah. I wish I was happy. Just, I, I, you know, 
I'd have houses all over Europe if I'd yeah. stayed in bloody TV comedy. And... Are, you, are you tempted to... Or, or are you drawn to acting in theatre? No. Much? Is that, there's no appeal? No. It's so strange. I think... It's interesting cause... that it's, quite, it's so specific what has kind of grabbed you. And again, that's a good thing to find the thing that you're yeah. that excites you and motivates you. You know what I think a lot of it is to do with is, is my boredom threshold, you know? Mm-hmm. I get... Um, I. I get bored very, very quickly, yeah. you know, and um, I, even when I was younger um, and I was acting and loved acting and loved doing theatre, there were a couple of times when things I was involved with then um, got transferred or had a longer life somewhere else and I would always stop, I wouldn't go yeah. with it. Um, and this was, you know, when I was skint and needed the money and whatever. And it was just because I know because it's going to do my head in, and I'm going to just do it on automatic pilot. Yeah. And I never really liked that feeling, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, so the last time I did a play, um, I think I talked about this with Adam was with Mike Lee. I right. did a Mike Lee play down yeah. in Strat- Stratford East. Yeah. And um, you know, Mike Lee works in such a unique way. Yeah. Um, I couldn't describe how he works because it would take days, you know. Yeah. And um, and it is unique to him. And it's it's sort of fascinating. It is so fascinating and interesting. Um, and that as an actor, and particularly because it was theatre, like when I met him for the gig, he said, oh, I'm sorry this isn't a film because everyone wants to do films. And I said, <laughs> oh, no, I'm glad it's theatre actually yeah, yeah. Um, inside I was glad because I thought well you ain't got total control yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and also we will know um, before it goes on what it's going to be yeah. because if you're in a Mike Lee film you don't know what the film is until you go and see it you right see. yeah yeah, and, yeah. Um, but anyway I, <laughs> I found um, the work process so brilliant right so um, oh what's the word it was so stimulating yeah, and it was so exciting, and I, I, I loved uh, being this character every night on stage. Yeah, um, that afterwards everything just felt a bit flat. You yeah. know, it was just a bit. Oh, I don't know. You know, I was offered quite a few things and good parts, and and it was just a bit. Well, it must be hard to replicate that kind of excitement and buzz. And as you said. Yeah. Because I noticed, like, again, obviously you, you kind of, when preparing for these things, you, you, you'll go through IMDb and stuff like that and just a refresh and stuff. And it was noticeable that there was numerous things, particularly in TV, that you'd be, you'd be in and have huge success from and then kind of walk away from. Because, yeah. again, it's that thing, I think, when, when something becomes popular, it's really hard to tell if you're still making it good. Because yeah. almost to an extent of you, you could walk out on stage and fart and they're going to clap or crack up or, or, or be entertained yeah. because they're there for you and for that character or that thing. So yeah, is that something true. that you've, you, you, you kind of found would con- con- contribute to you losing interest in things is that'd get so big and it'd almost become too easy with either with Perry or with Gimme 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 yeah. or things like that where they all people I wanted to see was you come out and be that character and I don't know I guess that yeah, kind of it makes maybe. it hard to know if it's if, if the material's still going to be great and things like that yeah. which I mean we stopped doing Gimme 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 because well that was a mutual decision 
be, between myself and James and Jonathan, the yeah. writer. Um, and it was really because it started to get dumbed down a little bit. Right. Um, we wanted to get more outrageous. Once people realised what it was we were doing, yeah. um, uh, we we wanted it to go further, yeah. you know, and we wanted to break down the fourth wall more, do a lot more stuff down the lens, all stuff that they, they're very happy for people to do now, like yeah. Miranda and Mrs. Yeah, Brown yeah, boys yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. all this business. But back then, the fashion, you know, it was the royal family had started, the office had started. Yeah. So the fashion was, oh, no, we no comedy now is sort of serious. Yeah. Comedy isn't screaming at each other and falling over and calling each other a puff and a slag. It's serious and dramatic. And- Absolutely, you know, and it's got to be classy and it's got to win BAFTAs and all this business. And I personally just thought, Fuck that, you know. I mean, that's what was great when you won um, for best best comedy performance, and kind of oh, kind of God. called people out on that, and kind of <laughs> said like. But the thing that I loved about it was exactly that is to to hugely paraphrase, and again, essentially, I think clean it up. Um, it, it it kind of said that the industry needs to stop just making for themselves, yeah, and and make because the fact is. They all turn their nose up at gimme, 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 whatever. But the people sitting at home on a sofa, they fucking love it. And they love it. And are actually enjoying it. So, and again, that felt like a real, it felt so personal and passionate that Mm. it's like, stop. And again, that is a weird thing in in any industry that it can start to be that these TV shows are being made so that other people in the industry will pat you on the back and stop thinking about what the actual public are enjoying or the public might like. And it becomes so self a, a referential yes that it can yeah can lose and, and no, the, the people were sort of scared of what it was we wanted to do yeah. you know um, so yeah so that's why we put a stop to that it wasn't cancelled or yeah. it was no one else's decision other than ours yeah, yeah. you know and um, you know because it was getting more and more popular um, but anyway it was funny it, it, looking back on that it's so strange because I mean I really loved working with Harry and Paul. Like, yeah. loved working with them. And I really and loved... That, was, that got so huge at that point. It must yeah. have been an amazing thing to be part of. Cause... Oh, it was. It was wonderful, you know, because because every... It seemed, it felt like everybody loved it, yeah. you know. And that was just at the end of there just being the five channels, you yeah, know, yeah. before the cable hit. Yeah. So it was sort of the last one of... Well, it certainly felt that way. The last sort of sketch show that that, that it seemed like the whole country was watching. Hundred percent. It's it's a weird one to think back of. It was one of them shows that that, that you didn't really hear some people saying, "Oh, I'm not really into it," or whatever else. It seemed everyone was like, yeah, "Yeah, into all the all the catchphrases, all the characters, and yeah." And it, again, it's another one that it 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 grew and grew, and the and 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 you were, I think, a, a real demonstration of that of the first series i think you're only in in the slobs yes as, as waynetta slob weren't you? Right. in general often is the case that if it's a sketch show that first series will be the one you love and then they'll have to add characters and it won't really go over yeah but then it was in the the, the, the series on from that 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 kevin and perry came yes. came in and that was 
outshone everything, if anything, you know. It really did seem to kind of Well, I think everybody got into Kevin and Perry because everyone's been a teenager yeah. or their parents of teenagers, yeah. you know. So it, it, it was sort of... They were characters that everybody understood, Yeah, you know. Um, how, I mean, we've talked a little bit how, uh, about how restrictive roles can be f- for women in the industry. Mm. How amazing was it to get to play a teenage a boy? Because, that, again, that's not one of the typical female roles in the industry. No, that's it's not it's only really... Jeanette Cranky that, <laughs> exactly. you know, <laughs> made, made exactly. a career out of it. Yeah. She's still going, <laughs> doing her little teenage boy. Yeah, it gets weirder the longer it goes I on. I suppose, but, yeah. but hey, everyone's got to <laughs> so, earn a yeah, living, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, and I, I loved doing Perry. I really did. Yeah. I loved, I loved him. I just thought he was great. I'm not talking in terms of the reaction or whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a little human being. Yeah. He was so lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he yeah. was so nice to play because cause he was just a really nice boy. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd obviously didn't have an, an, as nice a life as Kevin. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, Kevin had everything and Kevin was from quite a respectable middle-class yeah. family. Yeah. You know, and... Um, and poor old Perry, you know, we don't know, we don't really know where he came from, you know. <laughs> but we know he was always around Kevin's house than rather in his own house. And, and there's things that kind of, there's always those people in your life that there's 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 some that are at home and have their friends over, and some that are always at someone else's house. Yes. So that that kind of tells a lot. But and it did come up on Adam's one, but I can't not. But again, his return from Manchester and all that, just all of that moment was just so perfect of its time because he had been so. Quiet and as you said, as, as such a nice, unbecoming yes. kind of the the sidekick, and then returning from Manchester was suddenly he's he's the grown up now, or he's the cool one, and, yes, and, yeah. and had his swagger and his. And it was so on the attitude. money then, wasn't it? Because Spot Oasis on, yeah. were yeah. like huge, you know. Yeah. Guy, um, it's so funny. It's all so long ago. Like when I when I think about it now, it's like God crumbs. You know, God, I wish I'd enjoyed it more, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I never, you know, you get invited to all these things and I just never, I was so strange. Like even the recordings, like recording Harry Enfield and recording Gimme Gimme, you know, I wouldn't have any mates there. Yeah. I didn't invite people. You're at work, aren't you? Yeah, You're exactly. Work. It, was, work. it was work, you yeah. know. And um, it was just so odd looking back because... I wouldn't hang around for drinks afterwards yeah. or, you know, and I remember sort of getting the, you know, the car back and going over the Westway and sort of looking out the window. I remember thinking, what am I doing? I'm going home. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so strange. Because it's such a weird balance because I think in, in many ways that's key f- or that that will have been a key influence in keeping you very grounded in it all because you're not getting caught up in all that afterwards, everyone telling you how wonderful it is. Or, I don't know, you're kind of there for the creation of the art and yeah. not there for the appraisal of the art if right. you know what I mean so but equally as said it kind of meant that that maybe at the time you you missed out on what a a big thing it was or what a big experience it was I guess yeah but it'd be so I mean god if social media was around then yeah. can you imagine yeah it would be so different you know 100%. I'd probably have like two million followers yeah. on I'd probably be ignoring them all. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Not retweeting anyone that didn't have a blue tick, you yeah, know. 100%. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 
such a strange sort of person in a way, in that I'm so unsuited to this mm. business in a way. But but I love it. I really yeah. love it. And and I, I sort of love it more now I'm older, yeah. really. Um because I like I like all the youngsters that are coming up, you yeah. know. I I mean over the years I've also I didn't know it at the time that I was a mentor for right. a lot of people. Yeah. Um but I was. Yeah. You know. I'm looking back, it just felt like I was giving people advice and helping people out and what have you. Yeah. Um, but looking back, it was like, oh, no, actually, I, I sort of did help quite a lot of people That's great, have yeah. their breaks and yeah. and what have you, you know, um, which is great. And I'm, I, I, I sort of feel I'm more proud of all that, you yeah. know, really. Um, and it, it must be nice because when you're in the middle of it and you're winning awards and... There's a lot of hype and talk. It, it, it must be nicer uh, later on because it's not all about, oh, you're about to become this or you're about to become that. You kind of know who you are now or know what you are and where you are rather than, well, n- it's Hollywood next or it's this next yeah. or whatever else next. All that kind of instant pressure of, well, and, and particularly, I mean, um, A Nil by Mouth was, mm. as, as we've touched upon, was... A, a, a massive film from in every way, in every way, in the performances to the reaction to everything else, and and there there was was, was very much obviously you had people like uh, Gary Oldman, obviously writing and directing and everything, and and Ray and all these who were then like oh well now they're going to go off and do this or go off and mm. do that. So there is that weird pressure of you've done this now. You're meant to be aiming for yes. this, and well, from that's what, it. That's from, what from talking meant. to you, it's not. That's it. You you're not necessarily excited by that or motivated no. by, by that. So it must must be nicer now to kind of know, go right. No, I don't have to worry about what I'm meant to be doing or what they're expecting me to do or anything. Yeah, like that. I mean, my regret about it, or I suppose if I've got any regret, it's the fact that when you get to do all that schmoozing and you're invited to here, there and everywhere. Your, your mates can be part of it as well, you see. Yeah. And so, you know, my mates sort of missed out a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot on, you know. It's like, oh, my God, you know, you could get free tickets to this concert and yeah. that, you know. But I get very embarrassed. <laughs> it's a wonderful regret to have of the guilt of, I, I forgot to sort my mates out. <laughs> Shit, I, I mean, I chose not to be there. That sounds like a nightmare, but I didn't think about that they yeah. could be there as well. Well, whenever we did go to do's anyway, I'd always end up getting the ump. I yeah. just would get the ump. I'd get into a rage and yeah. I just, I couldn't bear it. I'm, you way know? Better, I'm way better at all of that, at schmoozing and all that on social media than in real life. Yeah. I'm far more comfortable sitting in my living room chatting to someone and interacting and engaging than feeling the pressure of being at some party where everyone's yeah. in the know. Do you know what I mean? And there's that weird expectation yes. on, on who you're going to be or what you're going to be. Well, it's interesting in terms of, like, theatre because, you know, really what I should be doing now, mm. which which could have been and, and was there as an opportunity for me, particularly, you know, ten years ago, when I gave up the the acting and was focusing on directing, what I really should have done was run a building, you right. know, become the artistic director of yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Because then you have the freedom, really, of... Um, not freedom so much, but 
you've got more opportunity to direct constantly. You right. know, with me, there are big gaps between me directing. Yeah. And the reason why I never wanted to run a building was because it, that's not all it entails. Right. You know, you have to have social skills. Yeah. You have to talk to people that are investing Right, you need to do the yeah that side of the industry and win people over. Have to absolutely, you know, Um, it's it's sort of more. It's the main thing you have to do. Whereas directing, you're entering into this place on a temporary basis, doing the artistic part that you've signed up for, and then you get to leave and move on to the next place to to swoop in and out and not have to worry about any of of that side of it. Anyone you should be. And dealing with the money and talking to accountants and, and, you know, doing the schmoozing, you know, you've got to, you know, have nights with the mayor and you've got, you know, and I, I'm, I'm just not made that way, really. I can't, I'll always offend somebody. I don't mean to, you know, um, there's this saying where people, I saw some blokes say it. I'd never heard it before. I saw somebody say on first dates that they've got no filter. That's probably an right. old saying, but I'd never heard that before. And I thought, when they said it, I thought, oh, I, I, that, oh, that, I, I think I'm a bit like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. I think maybe that's been my uh, problem. You know, it's yeah. probably been a good thing, but it's also been to my detriment, you know. Um, 100%. So. It's, I, I, I feel it's almost a catchphrase of mine to say to some of my close friends is, look, you know that if you're discussing something with me, you're always going to get the, the the brutal truth. So you know, as as a precursor for, it, I'm yeah. about to I'm about to not have a filter and say I think you're being a dick or I think you you know I think yeah. this is right or this. But is I right. expect the same back. 100%. Do you expect yeah. the same yeah, completely, back? Completely, completely. I don't like it if somebody hasn't sort of if somebody's um, a lot of the time. I suppose they want to protect you. Like, yeah. like they'll hide the truth. What they really think. That's you know. what's interesting in this industry as well. And I had Ed Scrine on the other day who was in Ill Manners and is in Deadpool and is doing great things. Um, and he was saying, I can't remember if it was in the podcast or when we were chatting beforehand, but he had to really explain to his agents, he's like, if something's shit, tell me it's shit. If yeah. I'm sending you a tape, don't dance around, just let me know. Because yeah. it is kind of seemingly an alien thing in this industry that in g- general people will tiptoe around and be careful of people's feelings which as I'm saying out loud that sounds like a lovely thing that yeah, people are careful yeah. of that's nice but again it's not and and I, I completely um, agreed with Ed on that and connected with that on like well no if just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. Because in that's any working. other job, if you're a shit postman, you'll get told you're a shit postman. You, you, you know. You're not walking, you're taking hours. Yeah. You get the sack. Yeah. You're not told... Oh well, it's different. Your delivery was great today. Yeah. You know, didn't but, quite. Yeah, the direction was different. Yeah, but, but, yeah it's like, oh no. Yeah, but you have or, to take was it, it shit? as well as giving it out. You know, and um, and that's why I, I sort of, you know, I don't mind if people are honest with me. I really don't mind, but I will tell other people about yeah. other people's honesty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody has said, I think you're shit, I will, I'll tell everyone else. No, they think I'm shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. You know Mark, he thinks I'm shit. <laughs> I thought he was a nice thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll start to wrap things up because we're over the, over the hour, Mark. But there's a few more things and you've got a, oh, a so dinner party. Oh, you're tall. Yeah. What you could do before you leave as well is put that clock forward and out. I'll hour. sort your clock out. No problem at all. Is it forward or back? Yeah, it's forward. It would have gone... F- 
yeah. before with the last one. Yeah, of I've course. I've not had anyone tall here, you see, so you I'll can pop that easy. Yeah, I've got my <laughs> I've got my uses. Um, you spoke about imagine if social media had been around in when you're doing Harry Enfield and, and Gimme Gimme Gimme. Another one that springs to mind, again, we've, we keep touching on it. And again, I don't want to go into tons of detail because there's some amazing stories in Adam's podcast about um, Sid and Nancy and about O'Neill by Mouth and your relationship with with Gary Oldman. And Yeah, what did the, I say? You said some great stuff. Just, 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 I just hope general, people know that I love him and, and respect him. No, no, that was it. It was, was beautiful because there was a love and respect, but also an... He was a dickhead at that point, and he was a nightmare but at this point. But he's something he would admit himself. Yeah, completely. But but what it, it occurred to me was that was a film. Um, I had I had um, an actress called Georgina Campbell on a little while ago who oh. did the, um, Murdered, Murdered by, by My Boyfriend. Oh, she's great, which was amazing. And but that came out at the time of social media, so she saw a huge response from people who'd been through similar stuff. Yes, and it made me think of of, of, of Neil by Mouth because I'd imagine. Yeah. You still w- would have somehow heard from a lot of people who had experienced similar things, but the fact is, you were taking on a huge topic and 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 pulled it off beautifully. Um, and yeah, it, it makes me think if, if social media had, had been about then, it would have been an interesting one, just because yeah. you would have had a lot of or had to decide how to handle a lot of people coming forward with their issues and or people who've been through similar things, but. Did you experience a lot of that at the time? I guess is what I'm trying to stumble around of of people who 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 related hugely to yeah, that role in that absolutely. performance. Absolutely, but back then you'd get letters. Yeah, of you course. know, you'd get letters or just people talking to you about it if you were at the pub because yeah. I, I did go to pubs back then. Yeah, yeah, and um, or cab drivers because I didn't go on the tube. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'd get a lot of black cabs, you yeah. know, and get a lot of cab drivers saying that was my mum's story, that's my sister's story, you know. Um, and I remember, you know, coming to its defence a lot because there were, you know, the privileged classes were sort of feeling it was a very over-the-top film right. and this sort of stuff didn't go on. Right, yeah. So that was infuriating because you imagine, wanted yeah. to defend it. But your only form of defence was doing fucking interviews with yeah. people who, you know, would then, you know not them in particular, but their editors would then edit the whole interview in the way they wanted it to come across anyway. Yeah. Um, So you never really felt, God, I, you know, I just can't express what I'm feeling. It's tough because if they're, if, if their issue was with the, the harshness of it, then that's the same thing that's going to make them edit out certain parts of an interview that's talking about the realness of it and how it is real. It's not. And actually, there was a lot more violence in the original script and, right. and, and Gary cut a lot of it out. Yeah. He toned a lot of it down. And it's, 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 I always remember um, when Irreversible came out um, by Gaspar Noe um, and in that he got a lot of stick because there was a, v- a very brutal and very long uh, rape scene but it was all just one shot and a lot of people walked out of the... St- the cinema and were disgusted and he summed it up perfectly in, in his press interviews he said well you should feel uncomfortable and unpleasant it's mm. a horrific thing yeah and the fact is in so many films you'll sit there comfortably eating popcorn as something horrible's going on yeah and then you'll feel nothing at the end he said i'm glad that people are disgusted and mm. shocked at this because it's it's a horrific thing and it's, it's similar with, 
are with Neil by mouth. It it is an uncomfortable watch. Yeah, but it should be because yeah. these these aren't things that you should be able to just go. Right, I will, well, I wonder what's going to happen next. It yeah. should be feeling horrific and and moved and and emotional about it, right? Absolutely, I totally agree, and and I. I'm so proud to be part of that film. Yeah. And also it's because, you know, I grew up watching people like Ken Loach and yeah. Alan Clark and, you know, and it, and it felt like, oh, I'm finally in something like the things I used to watch yeah. and that I found inspirational yeah. and that made me understand uh, about the world a lot of the time. And it was the play for today's yeah. and reading novels, It, it you know... Otherwise, I, I, that was where I got all my education from, yeah, yeah. you know, about human beings, you know. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm extremely, extremely proud of it. But again, it was a bit like, oh, flipping neck. Everything else after that felt flat. Again, it yeah, just felt you've had that experience. Such a, it was yeah. like, you how, know. How was the experience of, of filming it? Because, again, you're doing some... You're doing a heavy story and yeah. some heavy issues. Were you, or was it comfortable s- s- switching off at night? When I, um, I've done some stuff on and, and with, and my mum's a, a Samaritan. Mm. And one of the things I found fascinating was learning that at the end of a Samaritan shift, they have to call someone who's who's one of the Samaritans who are at home and just offload okay. and, and and the act of just going through what's happened. And it kind of explained to me how Samaritans do that of hearing potentially horrific things and then just go home and go on on with their lives and they had this process of offloading did you feel you needed to offload anything on these or was it very much a cut all right well it's it's acting it's not real you know yeah the latter for me yeah it did feel it was acting and it wasn't real and i've said this before i used to and i never went out drinking with the guys um, you know, uh, uh, Jamie and Ray and, and yeah. you know, they'd go out, you know, Gary didn't drink. He'd stopped the drink long before. Um, I think really the whole thing was harder for Gary than anybody else. Yeah. You know, he, he, this was his writing and his directing. This was his story. Yeah. And, you know, it, if it was difficult for anyone, it was difficult for him. I kind of get that f- from what you were saying about the control of directing mm. is the kind of the the way as an actor in the scene you can kind of be like well it's he's making this happen yeah. do you know what i mean if, if we're pushing it harsher and harder it's on it's on the director's yeah. head rather than on my head i mean you know? i was fine listen i i you know i felt so safe you yeah. know i had to do a, be on the end of quite a bit of brutality yeah Verbal as well as physical. Yeah. Everyone remembers the physical abuse, but there's lots of verbal abuse yeah. that this character has to put up with. Yeah. Um, but I've never felt so safe. I've never felt so protected, A, by the director, and also by my fellow actors, yeah. you know? Um, it's one of the the toughest and most brutal stories I've ever been a part of yeah. in its telling. Um, but I would go home every night and I had a little flat then, a little council flat, and I loved my little flat. Yeah. And I loved the fact I went with some horrible bastard yeah. that was trying to control me. Yeah. And 
you know, I should say horrible fucked up bastard. Yeah. Because Ray's character yeah. is a victim of abuse himself. Yeah. You of know? Course. And um but I loved it. I loved going into work every day. It was exciting. I'd never um you know, sort of been involved in a story where the, the dialogue was so wonderful. Um, I've never found a script so easy to memorise because that's a trick as well. If people find it difficult to learn lines, a lot of the time it's because the lines aren't necessary. Yeah. They're not meant to be there, yeah. you know. Um, if, if the dialogue flows and is real... Um, you learn it. You learn it so quickly. I'm not the only actor that has said this. You yeah, know, you ask yeah. any actor, they'll always say, the better the script, the easier it is yeah. to learn. You yeah, know? That's great. Um, and I just, I, I just sort of loved it. And, you know, these are really intelligent people that I was working with. Yeah. Really smart, intelligent, highly intelligent and hilarious. Yeah. You know, so it's really weird because you talk about, well, yeah, this was a really harsh hitting film and it was a very important subject matter. Yeah. But I laughed every day, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, I'd imagine that's essential. It's the kind of the gallows humour type yeah. thing that people say and with, with in A&E, there's so yes. much joke and mockery going on and it's not disrespectful. It's to keep you together in these intense Absolutely. situations. Absolutely, which is why I like Twitter because... Yeah. You know, the shit happens in the world and there'll always be someone, whether it's whether it's too much or, yeah. you know, whatever, there'll always be someone there's a, there's a comedian, that's got a joke about the, it, you know? There's a comedian called Anthony Jeselnik who is amazing. And again, he thrives on those situations. And in, in his last stand-up, he kind of said, people get offended when he makes a joke about a recent tragedy. But he mm. said, the fact is, no one involved in a recent tragedy is on twitter the next day no. so it's not that he's uh, uh, like it's kind of saying i'd never want to offend them the fact is the people who are getting offended are the people who are sitting there going and he puts it as as don't forget about me kind of yeah. saying I'm, I'm so sad to see what happened in xyz it's up yeah. it's kind of just waving your hand to say remember there's a tragedy but i'm sad about it so yeah. don't forget that and it's kind of that's his and his, i, his, and his I think that's fair enough yeah i like the fact if you want to have a voice, you've got a voice now, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember, I'll do a name drop now, just to finish. So, a couple of years ago, this is before I was on Twitter or whatever, so Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. gets in touch with me, right? And um, I don't know what he said. He said something in the press about being stereotyped, or I, I don't know what he said, yeah. right? And, um, and he phoned me up and he said, my press agent um, said I should talk to you about it about what do I do about this? How do I respond? Because 20 years ago, I'd had a bit of a public spat with um, Helena Bonham Carter, right. you see. And um, it wasn't a public spat in that way. It was sort of, she said something in an interview and I responded to it in a letter. Right. Um, and, um, and so it was a big thing about class and action and everyone's fucking... No-one gives a shit, really. No-one gives a shit. But he said to me... You know, um, it was something like, you know, uh, why, you know, but why did you do that? And, you know, because he really wanted to speak out and defend himself. Yeah. 
um, which I think is right. Yeah. But I said to him, but you've got to be prepared, Benedict, for the backlash, you know. And um, and he said, yeah, but why did you speak out back then? And this is before I did Nil by Mouth. Yeah. This is before, you know, I was just sort of making rumblings. Yeah. Some people I had a sort of cult thing yeah, yeah, about sure. me, you know. And I said to Benedict, the reason why I wrote that letter back then was because Helena was the only actress who had a voice. They were only interviewing Helena. Yeah. You know, and I like Helena Bottom Car. Yeah. I've got a lot of time for the yeah. woman, you know. But back then, it was like she was speaking on behalf of all of us. Yeah. So if she said something that I considered stupid. Well, what could I do about it? No one's listening to me. It's no right one was fucking reply. interviewing yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so I decided, well, I'm going to, well, I'm going to write a letter about this interview she's yeah. done, you know. And I said to Benedict, it's different now because we've all, we've, we've all got a voice now yeah. If, yeah. if we want it, you know. Yeah. And, and back then we didn't, yeah. you know. Um, so but yeah. why, why, why have we said that now? Is that going back to Twitter, was it? Yeah, I get that. I'm, <laughs> I'm lost now as well. But no, no, completely it is that. It's, 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 it's having that voice and having that right to reply, I guess, is... Is exciting. Oh no, no. We were talking about when the tragedy happens or something like that. If people can express yes. sadness, or they can express exactly. humour, or they can express anything yeah. they want. And I think, even though it might get on me personally, it might get on me nerves yeah. when someone's like, "I think this is out of order." I've had that directed at me because yeah. I've made some very crass jokes right. on there, yeah, yeah. and not when I'm drunk, when I'm stoned, yeah. and. Um, and people have tweeted me and gone, I'm very disappointed in you, Cathy. I expected better of you. I'm sort of thinking, yeah, well, I don't know you. You know what I mean? I know Why? you. have never met. Why did you expect that? But yeah. I, I, I accept it. Yeah. I sort of think, well, you're just as entitled to have a voice as I am. 100%. Yeah. And my voice is only louder because I've fucked about on the television for 20-odd yeah. years. Yeah. You know? But... But let let the people speak. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, I mean, let's start, uh, let's wrap things up with just what's kind of ahead, because you've been, you've been lured back into acting in recent years with the amazing a, a, a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and, and numerous other little projects coming in. Mm. Are you looking to, are you keen to return in that realm or are you still just... just just looking for the right script to direct? Or? Yeah, I'm, I'm mainly looking for the right script to direct. I mean, there was a young lady here just yeah. before you arrived yeah. called Emily, who's a new up-and-coming theatre producer. Yeah. Uh, I I really like what this young woman is doing. And um, um, so she um, has seen a lot of my past directing work yeah. and, and she would love to produce something that I can direct. Yeah. Um, but we just haven't found the, the right, right one script. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and going back to the writing, just you know, I, I, I did I did a bit of writing a couple of years ago, and I was commissioned to write something, and and I did for television, yeah. uh, but it wasn't uh, taken up. It wasn't. Right. They didn't want to do it. Um, so that was a bit of a kick in the teeth, actually. Right. And, um, and so that. I think has knocked my confidence a little bit on the writing front. I mean, right. I am meant to be working on a project at the moment for the National Theatre, which was an idea I went to them with. Yeah. And I was going great guns with it, and then I just came to sort of full stop. I yeah. hit a brick wall. 
and suddenly I I was my confidence has gone a bit on it really. I'm saying this out loud to you because I haven't got in touch with them no, <laughs> and let great. them know this. Them know. Yeah. Do you have anyone you bounce things off of or, or work with on these things, or do you find it as you said? You said before you kind you find writing as quite a a, a, a lonely yeah. endeavour. Is there anyone you bounce things off of, or or, or would you work with someone else in a writing? Uh, project or yeah, partnership. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried to sort of sit down with other people. It never quite happens. I don't mm. know why. I just. I, 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 uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, no, I've never found that easy. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, not easy. Um, that's the wrong word. It's not that I want it to be easy. I've sort of found that. But never clicked with it in that way. Yeah. Um, there's a great woman but she works in television there's a, a great woman called Pippa Brown when I wrote my TV piece I did this autobiographical thing and, and Pippa worked on that with me and um, but yeah. not the writing right. it, I, I would email it to her you know as it was going on you know right. and then on that project actually uh, the brilliant Jeremy Dyson a yeah. League of Gentlemen guy yeah yeah um, Psycho Bitches and all the rest of it and Ghost Stories he came on board for this thing I wrote Walking and Talking and yeah. um, it was lovely he was he was absolutely brilliant but he didn't do any writing with me well yeah. well, what he did basically was tell my producer Ben Cavey leave it alone <laughs> don't yeah, touch yeah. it you know let it just be as it is you know it's perfect finding those people at the right Oh yeah, Point, no, to give you that confidence as well, even if it is just someone saying no, everyone leave this alone because it's great. It, do you know what I mean? It gives you that confidence it, it to go. Does. This is this is right. It's it, not just me thinking it's right. It's yeah, right. Yeah, but it was weird with the last piece because of that getting rejected. You see. Yeah. And um, maybe I'm just not used to rejection. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be that. You yeah. know, um, because I think actually it's the first thing I've ever done that has been rejected. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, I, yeah, I, I do think it was sort of, mm, it was sort of part of the depression as well last yeah. year. You know, um, it just sort of added to it, and and just sort of feeling, you know, you sort of, I just sort of felt, well, you know, maybe, well, maybe I've, I've done it. Maybe it's all gone. I don't know. Maybe there isn't. I think anymore, there's, there's always you know. a constant. F- a feeling in anything creative that you're going to get found out any minute now. Yeah. So again, I guess if you get a knockback in 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 some way, it might be despite the fact that you've got tens of years of proof that you know what you're doing, yeah. you're good at this. That one time that comes, it's kind of as we said earlier about how on Twitter you'll get ten tweets of praise and one a, a calling you a cunt, and, yeah. and and that's the one that you'll notice. So again, it's. It's that interesting thing. It's yeah. I'm not going to try and give um, advice and and therapy here of you know, but it's it's it's, it's focusing on the. F- We've just spoken for ninety minutes almost yeah. on about a third of the work that you've done over the years. Yet it's that one bit that mm. that gets rejected or whatever that will instantly grate in and and just and knock your confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah just Weird. niggles. Humans are weird. Yeah. The brain's an odd, an odd space. I know. Why can't we just be happy? I mean, I am quite a happy person. Yeah. I mean, I say I'm grumpy and yeah. I'm depressed and 
I, I'm all that, but I'm also a happy person. Yeah. It's, yeah. But we're all like that. We're all multi-layered. And, and, it's, and that's completely all right. It's mm. one of the things I kind of I, I rant about the most, and it gets kind of a, a misunderstood because... I've kind of said before that I think at points happiness is slightly overrated yeah. or, we, or we put t- t- too much pr- pressure on it. If you're not instantly happy constantly, then people are like, are you all right? What's wrong? It's like sometimes you don't have to be bubbling constantly. Yeah. You have a range of emotions. Yeah. Sometimes something shit will happen and you'll feel shit. That's, that's right. That's because something shit's happened. That's natural. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it's that weird thing of if you're not constantly bubbly, then you're miserable or you're a misery. But... Yeah, it's fine to have that I mean, especially when right? you're younger. I think it's. I, I do. Think, I so like being in my fifties, mate. I tell yeah. you, I think it's much tougher. Like when you're young, in your twenties and your thirties, yeah. and oh, pressure to be a certain way. Oh, absolutely. And it's like you know, just be content. Just you know, brush your teeth. <laughs> Always make sure your teeth are clean. Your breath don't stink, and try not to be a cunt. Now, that's the first time I've said it, I think. It is, and that's also the perfect point to end the podcast on, because that's the best advice, that's life advice to take away. Yeah. Um, I've got to sort your clock out, so we'll yeah. wrap it up there. And Great. thank you very much for allowing oh, me in to chat. It's been well, lovely. been a darling. Thanks for putting up with all my smoke. <laughs> it's fine. Thank you. There we go. What a lovely lady. And she did tone down the swearing. I tried to encourage more of it, but she was quite reserved with it all. So good work, Kathy. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed it too. Now, let me tell you about the next two weeks, because there's two episodes coming up that I'm really excited about. One, I think you'll all be familiar with, and one will be a bit of a surprise. So next week, I've got Izzy Sooty on, who's fantastic, obviously from Peep Show and and a million other things. Hilarious, warm and engaging. And it was another one. I seem to be saying this a lot. I said this with Michael Sucker last week, with Kathy this week. It, It was another one where we'd never really met I think our paths had kind of crossed half. At, I'd seen her at shows and things like that. And it was just the easiest conversation. And we sat down and just ch- chatted and the time flew by. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. But the other one I want to tell you about um, is in two weeks' time. And it's with a wrestler called Will Ospreay. Um, and you may or may not have heard of him, but that's why this is exciting. The thing that excites me about the Distraction Pieces podcast is I try to get people on who, regardless of if you've heard of them, it's going to be interesting and engaging. And the interesting thing with Will, Will's 23, and he's a British wrestler. Um, he's he's wrestled f- for Progress and, and Rev Pro and numerous great companies and built a, r- a real name for himself. And he recently got signed by New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is one of the biggest wrestling organizations in the world and he's wrestling out there in japan but he's also a 23 year old who's maintaining his day job um working on building sites and it's an amazing story man we get to hear about how a few weekends ago he was he, he made his new japan debut um to a huge huge reaction part of a huge team part of a huge stable um wrestled in front of eleven thousand people and tore the house down. And a few days later, he's back on a building site in Essex, 
are laying down mastic and 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 doing his work and yeah it's a fascinating t- t- a tale it's I, I won't go into too much detail but he started wrestling at 14 and it's one of those weird ones where he had what some might see as an unrealistic dream and his parents went all right cool all right let's run with this let's 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 support and see where you can get and he's now one of the most hyped hyped wrestlers in the world like genuinely at 23 he's at new japan now there's obviously interest and excitement in america and i genuinely can see him becoming the best in the business in in his career so yeah it was exciting to get to, to, to talk to him and he's a local essex lad so that's even more exciting but yeah I think you'll enjoy that one, regardless of your interest in wrestling. I've I posted about the wrestling podcast, and whilst there's been huge support of Tuesday Night Jaw, a few people were like, oh, I'm not into wrestling. And so like, that's absolutely f- fine. And on that podcast, I'd say if you're not into wrestling, probably ain't for you, because we, we nerd out quite a bit. Um, but this one, if you're not into wrestling, it really doesn't matter, because it's, it's a hell of a story. Um, anyway... I'm going to go and I'll be back next week with Izzy Sooty. Um, is there anything else I need to tell you? I don't think so. Oh, the Distraction Pieces live show. The tickets are flying out. Thank you so much. You can buy them now. It's on August 3rd on my birthday at the Leicester Square Theatre. You can buy tickets now. Um, it's my birthday and book launch celebration. So I will be turning 35 and I will be having the Distraction Pieces book out and I'll be able to sign any and sell them and all this. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So come along to that. Right, I'll see you guys in a bit. Cheers, bye.